You're listening to a special Comics Pals review episode. This time around, we are talking Aquaman. We are reviewing the Aquaman film that just dropped for us this past Friday. Uh, and we are happy to be talking about it. I'm joined by Marco and Phil of the Comics Pals. That's us. I'm Marco. Yes. That is us. I'm, I'm Marco. I'm a piece I'm of Phil. turd. <laughs> I'm a bigger turd. You guys are the worst. Uh, so this is a film. This is this is DC's only movie this year, um, I believe. I can't remember. It's been such a long year with all these uh, movies. They also did one more, didn't they? Am I crazy? They did. Huh. I feel like they did. No, Justice League was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. pretty sure this was their only offering this year. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so for that reason alone, it was hotly anticipated. But then when you add the fact that. Um, it does things that have never been done before. Just the way that it uses water and how so much of it takes place underwater. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that uh, visually a lot of people are <clears throat> anticipating very much. So, um, before we jump into our review, we're going to start the way we always do with these things. Which is by me having you guys guess the Rotten Tomatoes, Tomato Meter score, and the audience score. We'll see who's right and um, we'll dunk on the one who's not right. Um, <laughs> so, dunk them underwater. <laughs> we'll dunk them underwater, yes. Uh, we'll, we'll actually uh, sacrifice them to the trench. Ah, I do have... Yes. All right, yeah, all right. So, uh, tomato meter score and audience score, Marco. So, I uh, you know the last episode we did, 112, we sort of discussed this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to assume it changed. So I'm going to say tomato score 75 and audience 78. Okay. Phil? Uh, I'm going to say the tomato meter is a 69%. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to say the fan reaction, the audience score is a 85%. All right, uh, so we've got a 63% oh, of the wow. tomato meter. What do you say again, Marco? Uh, I said 75. Yeah, he's shit, dude. I won. We're both and... over. We both lost. Nah, I won. <laughs> Phil lost less. <laughs> yeah, my whole life mantra. <laughs> <laughs> and an audience score of 86%. Oh, wow. I was really close there. Yeah. I said 85. Damn, yeah, okay. So... Uh, very interesting. Now, we're going to jump into it. Uh, we start with no spoilers. So, um, if you haven't seen the movie, or if you've seen it, and you know you don't want to... Well, if you've seen it, you, you want to hear what we have to say. But if you haven't seen it, um, we'll talk about it here a little bit for you guys, give you our initial impressions, and then we'll move into spoiler stuff. So, if you don't care about spoilers, you're going to want to stick around. Uh, but otherwise, let's start with our score. Give the movie your, your score and then just talk about, you know, why you gave it that score. Of course, without spoilers. Uh, Phil, why don't you start? I would give this. You know what sucks about this? <laughs> I never remember what I give other things. So I can't, <laughs> I, I can't like, benchmark it. Because I'm, like, I'm trying to think of, like, Venom, Wonder Woman, and uh, Avengers, what I gave those movies. And I don't remember what I gave any of those movies. Right. Um, so my... Okay, you know what? I think I remember what I gave Venom because I think I made it a joke. I think I gave Venom a 6.9 out of 10. That sounds accurate. So, 
with that in mind, I'd probably say this is like a 7.7 out of 10. Okay. And why? Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's 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 pretty good. It's it's structurally messy. Uh but there's things there are things I like in this movie quite a bit and there's other parts where I was like um uh, I'm trying to like be vague here, you know. Uh and there's other parts where it's like it was fine. Um mm-hmm. there's definitely shortcomings with the film. I uh I actually wasn't super crazy about um Jason Momoa in this movie unfortunately. I think it was fine. He had mm-hmm. he had an arc. I won't really go into it, but there's like a bit of an arc. Uh, now the real star of the film, without question, is Black Manta. Um, so if you haven't seen the movie, that's something to definitely look forward to. Um, and Mara's hot. D- <laughs> cool. All right. Um, uh, go ahead, I, Marco. I'm gonna give it a. 75 i think there are definitely at least i had issues with some of the acting um i think the tonality of the film or like the moods that it would set i think um i had some issue with visually it looks it looks great and i i give it a lot of points for that because to yeah. which Sean sort of alluded to earlier, they a lot of this film was shot under uh, what would be underwater. Um, and so it's very cool to sort of see the visuals. Um, and we'll definitely get into that. But I think the shortcomings from a narrative perspective affect the film um, and sort of overshadow some of the visuals. Um, hmm. Also, real quick, this felt... This, I believe, was the last movie to have Jeff John supervision. The other one being Wonder Woman, so it's just two movies. This felt like it had Jeff John supervision. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, uh, <laughs> I am actually over the moon about what? this movie. Nice. All right. I, I absolutely that. adored this movie. It had pirates. How? Ah, uh, because That's they're not traditional point. pirates. They're cool <laughs> pirates. They're high tech pirates. Um, I don't like swashbuckling pirates. They use <laughs> swords and stupid boats. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Fuck their sales. boats are stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I I'm gonna be really honest, and I think you guys might be surprised. I'm giving this movie a nine. Holy wow. shit! I think. What, what what else did you give a nine? Do you remember? Uh, well, he well, gave Spider Verse an eight. So yeah, yeah. you like Spider-verse this more than Into the Spider Verse. I like this way more than Into the Spider Verse. Wow, so point more, in fact. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, this That's movie had one. me. Yeah, it had me from the word go. I I really loved the structure. I I love the way I. I'll just say this: I really don't like origin movies a lot of the time. Okay. I feel like they're very slow. And um, they they can be plotting and generic, and they hit the same beats all the time. This movie wasn't like that. It has the benefit of having established Aquaman in Justice League, mm-hmm. although that movie wasn't great. We do see Aquaman before this, so they don't have to go through the typical origin story motions. That was one of the reasons why I didn't care for Wonder Woman as much. I felt like it was so stuck. In, in being an origin movie, that it didn't get to spread its wings. This movie gets to hit all of the notes that you wanted to hit. And 
It does a lot of things that are unconventional, which I really, really love, and we'll talk about a little later. Um, Black Manta is one of my favorite villains of all time. He's very good. And he is awesome here. I loved him. Uh, Mara was was great. I've never seen Amber Heard in a movie before, um, and I thought she did all right. I thought everybody did all right. There weren't any standout performances, I wouldn't say, but I, I thought they were all solid. Black Manta. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, he did. He was fine. I thought he had uh, a couple couple cheesy lines of dialogue which mm-hmm. was one of my only real problems with this movie was I thought some of the some of the dialogue wasn't great but um the visuals visually this movie is it, the best looking movie of the year it I looked, think ooh wow um no avengers i don't know man i would mm, mm, mm. have to sit on that but now this movie know. did have this movie did have something that no other movie has, and it separates it from the rest. And this is massive spoiler, so please jump ahead if you haven't already. Whoa, this, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not this movie yet. had octopuses playing drums. <laughs> oh my god! I thought you were gonna say Julie Andrews. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. The other thing that I really wanted to shout out before we jump into spoilers is the sound. This is one of the best sounding movies I've ever seen. Uh, I love the way that they sounded when they were underwater speaking. That was a big question that I think a lot of people had coming into this movie. That was probably and a huge challenge, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Definitely. And I thought it sounded very cool. A lot of the uh, – so, like, when Black Manta shoots his beams out of his eyes, I love the sound that accompanied that. I love the voice of the uh, the, the big beast – which we won't talk about anymore. Sure. Um, but there was just a lot of stuff that I thought was that sounded really great. So you, overall, you this movie's McCoy. a total package. <laughs> yes, yes. Hank McCoy, Beast, is in this movie. Okay, so the other thing I wanted to showcase here is this movie had no issues, no qualms with visually displaying characters looking exactly like their comic book counterparts. Um, a friend of mine... Kept saying he didn't want to see this movie. He thought it was going to be really edgy, which I rolled my eyes at ahead of time. <laughs> but, like, Orm looks like Orm. He looks like Ocean Master. Yes. Black Manta looks like Black Manta. Aquaman wears orange chainmail. This movie looks like it's straight off the pages of Jeff Johns' New 52 Aquaman run. Which was another thing that I really loved about it in that this movie is one of the most faithful comic book adaptations we have ever seen overall because you get it from the costumes Mera looks like Mera as well um the, the costumes are all on point but then it's also in a lot of the the ways that the characters are portrayed i think you know obviously you would argue that aquaman is not really f- very faithful at all but um i think most of the other characters are and it it's a strength of the movie for me so, so- um but, and, and, a, and a way that I don't think a ton of movies are like this visually faithful. Even like Marvel, as as great as they are with depicting their characters, they they take some liberties. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time, especially ten years ago, uh, this movie is like, yep, straight from the pages. Yeah, and I think um, one of the strengths of DC. And they don't lean into this enough, quite frankly, sometimes, is that their characters are, they look really good. Like, the, their their costume designs are great, and you don't need to fiddle with them much mm-hmm. to get to something that looks really good. 
Um, you could you could rip basically the like you could rip the modern Batman or the modern Aquaman or the modern Wonder Woman costumes and put them in a movie and they're just fine. Uh, you don't have to change much. And I love this new approach by DC to keep their their costumes faithful on screen. And, and I'm really appreciative of that. But let's jump into the spoiler section. Again, we gave our ratings. I gave a 9. Uh, Marco, you gave a... And the 7.5. And Phil, you gave a... 78. Cool. So with that, we're in spoilers. If you have seen the movie or if you haven't seen it but don't care... Stick on board with us. Um, so this movie actually starts with the origin of the love story, really, between uh, Arthur's father, Aquaman's father, and Aquaman's Nicole Kidman. Mother. Sorry? Nicole Kidman. Yes, Nicole Kidman, who I actually thought was really good in this movie. And yeah. Django Fett. Oh, yeah. Wow, shit. You're right. Wow, that changes things. Remember when you ate the goldfish? <laughs> What's that, Phil? Remember when she ate the goldfish? That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. <laughs> but no, but it it introduces that their sort of their love story in a way that um, I liked. Mm-hmm. I could understand maybe people not caring about it, but I thought that that was the heart of the movie. Was yeah. Well, I, well, if you have an entire thing where the, like the question is legitimacy of the throne in this in this. Uh, what, what like a trident or whatever with Orm and Arthur, yeah, it's it's basically it's got that royal element that Black Panther has and like Lion King and Hamlet and shit. Where it's like, if you don't have this element of like what defines Arthur's character, so that later when he has like a uh, trying to raise his legitimacy for the throne, then like like you said, it's the heart of the movie here. It establishes who Arthur is and why there's conflict later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I thought a lot of those early scenes were, you know, they were cute and they were kind of funny. Um, I know that some people have thought have have felt like that was cheesy. Uh, I I disagree. I just I loved all that. I think it, I think it worked. Um, there were maybe like a couple lines here or there that might have been, but I mean overall, I think to drive the point home it it did its job um and obviously it's sort of the catalyst for the the like the whole atlanta subplot and and so like i I think it makes sense and serves the the film pretty well i misheard you i thought you said atlanta subplot and i was like what movie did you see i didn't realize you said atlanta (laughs) (laughs) um and then and then you know so we don't miss it uh um her action sequence and Lana's action sequence oh. there was also really cool. That was cool. That was uh, especially like, like just in the house and everyone just like bursting in. That shit was cool. Yeah. This movie yeah. is very well choreographed in terms of how they portrayed action sequences. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the second fight scene between uh, Ocean Master and Aquaman particularly was like, holy shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um and and we can you know we can skip ahead a little bit and get to that because that's the first time we really get to see Aquaman in all his glory. Or I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about the first action sequence between Aquaman and uh, and Black Manta, where they're no, in the that, that was awesome as shit too. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, and what I loved about it so much, even though the dialogue wasn't necessarily the greatest, mm-hmm. but I love the way. 
that it showcases a flaw in Aquaman. That, you know, Man of Steel tried to set Superman up as a flawed figure by having him kill Zod. Um, and to give him that, that sort of, you know, that, that, that big mistake, quote unquote. Um, this does a similar thing, but in a much lighter way. In a, in a much, much more in a way of like, you could definitely see why Aquaman made that choice, but it's clear that the choice he made haunts him. Mm-hmm. Letting, uh, Black Manta's father die. He could have saved him, but he chose not to. This is very similar to the Jeff Johns book, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and I just, I love the way that they did that. I love how Aquaman's kind of like, you know, the ocean will judge you now or whatever it is that he says. Yeah. The, um, it will show you no mercy or whatever. Something like that. And, and yeah, and, and Black Manta gives him a clear path for revenge. I, so like, there were, and this is one of my big things in, in, uh, in almost each of these major scenes, there was something that would just take me out of the movie. Um, and that Black Manta scene where, uh, Arthur sort of leaves them and, uh, the dad pulls out like a grenade and he goes, you have to live so you can kill him. And I was like, okay. And, and I turned over to Miranda and Miranda, Miranda was already staring at my face going, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and but those were riddled throughout a lot of scenes and i think because of that it sort of disrupted the way i f- i got into the movie and, and the way i cared about the relationship between him and his father because it wasn't even something personable it was like you have to get back at him like it wasn't anything between them as uh as father and son mm. and well no uh, um it was kind of like that Black Panther thing where War, um, where um, Killmonger has a reason to want revenge on on T'Challa, but this is a little more direct because Arthur is directly responsible for this character dying, um, and I like it because it shows direct ramifications for a hero for their actions. Because Arthur did that, he has to deal for you know presumably the rest of his life with Black Panther's scorn and. And, and vengeful filled heart toward him for what he did like Arthur's actions have quantifiable ramifications here and it, it's what sets up that dynamic so well but it, it doesn't it, it doesn't make it feel like like there was a relationship there worth him going after somebody like obviously it was his dad he and, killed his dad right right but but i'm saying the way that that it was provided to us and in, in that moment which would you would assume to be a more personable and intimate moment i didn't feel anything there and so you wish you wish there was more time to establish like a father-son relationship i guess not even that i wish like sure the the passing of the knife was fine but there wasn't anything it didn't feel ceremonial it didn't feel it just felt like plot Marco's saying that the dialogue that they passed between each other when his father was dying was bad. Yeah, it didn't. It, it didn't um, convey anything. If your dad, if your dad was dying in front of you, you'd probably say like "I love you," or there'd probably be some emotion there, other than uh, your dad saying, "Okay, you got to live to so go kill that guy." Now, the only thing that I could think, I agree with you, Marco. By the way. The only thing that I could think of to rationalize that was that his dad is trying to give him a reason to not die with him. That's how I sort of took it after the initial, like, oh, that was weird. You know what I mean? I mean, he pulled out the grenade. I thought that would be it. He was ready to stay. Mm. 
he he didn't seem to care. All right. But um, but no. Ultimately, I I think even if that was the case, there was better dialogue. That no, for sure. Used there. I, I'm so. not trying to argue with that aspect. Uh, I I thought you were questioning like his motivation, where it's like, no, I don't think he cares that much about his like. There's I don't see the care or the bond between these characters. So why does he want to kill Aquaman? But no, the Aquaman the the dialogue is the dialogue is a disservice a little bit to that scene, which is totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then, and then, yeah, and then we get our first underwater sequence, um, where we get to see Orm and, and everybody else. And I was really apprehensive about Orm coming into this movie. Mm-hmm. I like Patrick Wilson as an actor; he's fine. I liked him in Watchmen, um, oh. but I, yeah, yeah, I didn't yep. know that I really thought he was that strong of a villain. Orm. Yes, going into the movie, you mean? Yeah. Okay. In the movie, though, I actually really liked him. Yeah. And um, this movie, you know, we'll get to the end later, but this movie actually does justice to this character in a way in a way where I felt the comics failed. So in, in the book, Orm is just bad, and that's it, and whatever, he's just a bad guy. In this movie, there's a little more understanding as to why he feels the way he does although in the earlier parts I think it's, it's, he does kind of get mustachey villain yeah. so, um, so what, I, I, let me ask you this for the listeners sake how would you compare comic book Orm to movie Orm and why why did it work so well for you right okay so uh, comic book Orm I didn't really feel like his motive was that solid um, he I'm, I'm to be honest with you. I'm struggling to remember what it even was. Quite okay. frankly, it's like to stir the pot. Yeah, it just it just felt like generic. Like I want to do this, um, but in the in the movie, it's a little clearer. They do spit up all the trash from the ocean. Yeah, which they're not going to go too hard on the environmental issue because it's a movie and they don't want to you know get into all that. But it's very obvious what they're trying to put down, which is that they suffer because of what we do, right? Right. And that's easy to understand. A lot of people care about that issue right now. So getting to see them be, you know, they, they mentioned in the film that their children get sick and die. Um, you know, their creatures suffer. Their water is poison. Mm-hmm. That, that, that hits home. And I understand why Orm wants revenge about that issue. But then in the end, you know, after the, after the big fight and everything, and yes, Orm does kind of get, you know, a little bit, you know, Super villainy, for lack of a better phrase. Um, I like that he didn't kill uh, Volko, mm-hmm. which was it would have been a very easy thing for them to do, but he didn't do that. And I also like that after his mother does come back, he has a face turn, or maybe not a full face turn, but he kind of there is kind of this acknowledgement of like, wow, seeing my mother really does you know warm my heart. And you could tell that that was meaningful for him. Mm-hmm. And then when Aquaman says, you know, when you're ready, we can talk, there's a smile on Orm's face. And I, I loved that. I really did. And I, I, I was um, thinking about this. And so often with these movies, we don't get family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when the movie ended, Marin actually turned to me and was like, I'm confused. And I was like, what's up? He's like, this movie was happy ending. Uh, and I was like, I, but it was just funny. I was like, oh, you're right. It like resolved to an, a positive conclusion. 
yeah, a positive conclusion about family that never happens. Um, I can't even think really of a family superhero movie where there where it's actually a family because yes, Guardians, but that's like that's modern family type thing. Like you know, the family is not who you're born into; it's who you you know befriend or whatever. This is like <laughs> actual blood. And not just go ahead. Not just that, but so many superhero movies, the, the antagonists die. Right, exactly. That was the other thing. We never get to see a villain sort of about face. We never get to see a villain have a change of heart. Mm-hmm. This this was one of the rare occasions where we got where Orm lived long enough to see himself sort of change. We almost had it with Killmonger, but they killed him. And I love that here as well. It, this this movie does a lot of things right, and it subverts your expectations. That's always that's a. That is a under under treasured thing in today's cinema landscape. Because if you think of a movie like The Last Jedi, where everyone is furious over that movie subverting expectations, people don't like the unexpected. And this movie, I think, because there were no expectations for like legitimate expectations, I think it subverting your expectations with what they do with Orm or even Black Manta to a lesser extent. Um I think it's a pleasant surprise for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there were there were some other examples of the movie subverting expectations that I think set us up for that. Uh, so there's the early scene in the bar where that group of of you know oh. rough guys come up on Aquaman, and I I immediately rolled my eyes. I was like, uh-huh. "Dude, come on, why are we doing this?" <laughs> and then they want to take selfies, and that was fun for me. It was very funny. And it was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, sure. It it does something similar to what John's run did, which is like just set him up to be like, like who is this person? And he's obviously not just a dude that throws fists around. It's like he's more than that, and he can be someone who is relatable. Yep, exactly. And even though he wasn't necessarily like into it at first, you can see that that kind of changes, and he has fun with it. Yeah, and that was cool to see. Um. I think this movie had plenty of opportunities to make Mera a damsel in distress, and it it, it really rejects that uh, almost every single time. Um, not every time, but they save each other. It's not it's not a one way street. Yeah. Um, some so, some people online were mad, saying things like, "Oh, Atlanta and Mera need Aquaman, the, the strong man, to reclaim Atlantis or whatever, and save Mera from uh, Atlantean wrath or whatever." I don't see it that way at all, quite frankly. Um, there's something that you kind of have to accept, which is that op- um, At- Atlantis operates a certain way in terms of royalty, and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was he was the rightful heir or whatever, and, and that's how it is. Aquaman is a male character. Sorry. One thing I thought that was odd is now that they know that Atlanta is alive and she was the queen – or the ruler, wouldn't you think this, the way it works is like, oh, you're alive, well, then you're still in charge of Atlantis. Like, there's no need to, no need to abdicate the throne. So, the the thing about it is that Aquaman has the, the legacy um, uh, uh, trident. And so, they recognize... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, that, they recognize him because of that. And also... Um, the only reason that they know that she's alive is because he came through, uh, and, and, you know, did what he did. So, um, 
those two things kind of happen at the same time. I think if Aquaman hadn't had that trident, you'd be right, but he did. Mm-hmm. Right? No, you're right. But uh, no, and then and then again, you know, with with the subverting of expectations, I think Volko easily could have been bad. Especially played by Willem Dafoe, you expect him to be bad. I certainly <laughs> I definitely did. did. Yeah, he was great in this movie, by the way. Yep, he kicked ass. He really he's, did. He's a he's an underappreciated actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really thought that the flashback sequences where they showed yeah. Aquaman's training in most movies, including Wonder Woman, those sequences are really long and they can be boring or whatever. This movie uh, subverts your expectation and handles that really well by just kind of like showing them in quick bursts and not showing them together all at yeah. once. They, 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 they split them up and that was really it, smart as well. I thought it, I, I appreciated it, that it allowed for like, for you to get the story and then get some like a little more context around something that was like happening and something that related back to his his growing up and it laddered up to like the sentiment of the story. It, it was it was really cool. Like that technique was fun. We've talked about this with regards to the new Captain Marvel movie that's coming out in April, but it looks like there's going to be a lot of flashback sequences and it's so risky because to what Sean just kind of alluded to, using a lot of flashback sequences. Uh, runs a risk of taking you out of the narrative of the film because it's you're weaving in a completely separate narrative that doesn't always fit neatly with said narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie peppered it in as kind of flavor, give you a little context. Yeah, and it it worked very well. Right, and when it was done in a heavier way, uh, and I'm specifically referring to the opening angle with Atlanta. And Aquaman's father. I'm sorry, I cannot remember his name. Um, Aquadad. Aqua. Tom. There's Thomas Curry. Yeah. There we go. Um, that was a heavy theme. That was a that was a major thing that we needed to see. And I remember um, seeing the film and going, "All right, well, this is great. I I I don't have any problem with that. I just hope that we don't now have to see. Okay, here comes his training. Here comes him as a teenager, and that's not what they did. So I'm really pleased with how that went. Um, um do you guys do you guys think uh, this is going to have a Dragon Ball s kind of thing, where in the sequel, where Black Manta comes back, uh, Orm who will be like uh, Vegeta or Piccolo joining up with the Z Fighters <laughs> will help him fight Black Manta. Maybe. That'd be I, cool. Yeah, I would love to see that, but I don't think that's what they'll do. Yeah, I don't think um, so either. <laughs> but but see, here's the thing, though. We're talking about a movie that subverts expectations. True. The expectation is that he will team up with Black Manta and Dr. Shin to try to overtake the throne. Right. That's oh, the expectation. Really? That was uh, My expectation was that he would actually side with him in a war with Manta and like a legion of like people attacking or like going for the throne of Atlantis. Well, what I mean, what I mean by that is like in any movie, right? Like that's what you would expect it in general. That would be the expectation. The expectation would be that he would try again. Oh, the way okay, that Lex okay. always tries again. You that's know? what you're saying. Um, but this movie did such a great job of subverting expectations that even though that's what I think immediately when I see it, it could go the other way. It could go the way you just said, Marco. So it's hard to say. And that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. I I kind of appreciated 
how much they distanced themselves from Justice League. There was like a little bit of that, but they let this movie really be its own thing. Mm-hmm. They just had like two quick references. Maybe yeah. it's like, oh, you defeated whatever his face was. Wolf. The PS2 villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steppenwolf. Yeah, uh, I, I did appreciate that too. I I didn't want you know a ton of references. I like how they handled it here. Very, very well done. Um, we should probably talk about what I thought was the worst part of the movie. Uh, <laughs> okay. Which was the desert stuff. Okay. Okay. But yeah. S- specifically the stuff where Aquaman and Mera are walking through the desert and they're talking and all that stuff. I thought that that was probably the worst sequence because I, th- I didn't love the dialogue there. I thought yeah. they really tried a little bit too hard. And then um, it just also felt really at odds. It was cool to get to see something so different visually. And again, this movie is beautiful. I think they wanted scenes in this movie that contrasted with the ocean stuff. Because I think they were worried about a palette that was too monotonous for two and a half hours. See, like that that specifically is where, like for me, the biggest part of this movie, or like visually is... um, is that they like were not consistently tonal? Like, sure, you can be underwater, but you can also have a different perspective, uh, different um, aesthetic in the desert, but still have it feel like it's part of the Aquaman movie. Because for me, when they started going to the desert, it suddenly felt like Indiana Jones. Like it, the, the the tonality of the movie shifted from the sci fi ish underwater adventure to like an adventuring, you know, archaeologist kind of thing. I and think that was the point. But it kept doing that with every like with every sort of kingdom that made it inconsistent as like it didn't know what it wanted to be as a film, even though it would try to portray all of the locations differently. You can do that visually, but then the thematically it almost felt like it changed. Well, the whole thing is supposed to be kind of like Arthur's path to reclaiming the throne of Atlantis, right? And trying to find the the trident of Atlan or whatever is like. That's the adventure aspect of it. Um, right. I, I don't have an issue with that. Uh, I mean, more like that part of the movie became like an Indiana Jones-esque thing. And then when they went to the trench, it became like a horror movie. And then when they went to the land of whatever, it became like a fantasy magic realm. Like that, like those things, there was... And then at the end with this huge battle, it became like a Lord of the Rings kind of shit. Like where there was the the battle for some kind of castle or something like that's what i mean like tonally the movie kept shifting and it it took me out of it a lot of the times because i would go from one instance where it would contrast obviously but you're still supposed to sort of be in like the world of aquaman and i think i think aquaman is the 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 vessel to get through all that and i i had no issue with that kind of tone changing because it, it felt like it was part of a greater narrative yeah i I, I I wasn't mad about the shift. I was just I just really didn't like the script at that point. Yeah, yeah, and um, that's that's probably the biggest shortcoming of the movie altogether is the dialogue. Yeah, I think the dialogue between Mera and Aquaman in that particular scene is pretty bad. Um, and I and I don't think it's bad everywhere, but I just think there it was it was off. It, now, go ahead. It, well, that scene does lead to a banger of a scene. Yes, exactly. Now, once they get to, I believe they were in Italy. Yeah, Sicily. Sis, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then 
oh my goodness, that was incredible all the way through. Did, were I you thought. were you mad that they teased that uh, like two months ago? Because they gave us like an extended scene of that, basically. Um, no, because well, I feel like they barely showed anything. To be honest, with okay. You. Uh, it, it, it ended up being so much bigger and cooler than what they showcased that that was just a tease. Um, I think that sequence is probably the best visual sequence in the entire movie. What do you think, Marco? Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was it was cool. I it wasn't anything like super special for me. Um, but I I had fun with that scene. Uh, I mean, when they had gone to like Italy, it became like. For, for me, it became like, oh, it's like oh, becoming like a rom-com thing. Like, the, the, the tone shifted again for me. So, I was more focused on that um, than sort of like the, sequ- the action sequence that happened. I got you. I can see what you mean You, you didn't by... even appreciate... Go ahead. You didn't even appreciate the cinematography of it? Because I thought, I looked at this and I, I like, mentally thought like Marco was, was probably digging the shit out of the way this was shot. It was alright. It was like straight tracking shots and like, uh, it was That's okay. cool! Yeah, but I mean, it's nothing. I don't know. I, James Bond does that. All right, Marco. All right. I I I honestly thought it was it was brilliant. Um, I I I really really loved it. Um, I like how Black Manta looks. I mean, we talked about that, that cool. but he just looked so amazing. Um, no, he looks phenomenal. And honestly, mm-hmm. just from a a design standpoint. Black Manta is one of, like just like of the last 40 50 years or whatever. Black Manta is one of the visual most visually cool looking characters in comic books and he's never given a, like a real chance to showcase what he's like or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and very simple too. A very simple sleek character design, sleek that just works. Um, a lot of reviewers criticized the fact that they felt like Black Manta was underserved. And I That was going to be a question. I was going to ask you that. Do you think this movie was able to balance two antagonists well? Yes. I, I actually well, – that was one of my first thoughts. And the reason why I feel that way is the following. He's not supposed to be the main villain. No. And he's supposed to be – this is supposed to be his origin story as well. And um, I think you get that. You get what you're supposed to get. He's, he doesn't need to be involved in the climax. There's no reason for that because we're going to get more of him later. This movie left me wanting more. And that's the best thing you can do with a villain that you plan to use again. Um, and then as far as their fight, yeah, as far as their fight is concerned, it ends in such a way where it's kind of a stalemate. Because yes, Aquaman does send Black Manta flying and he does mess up the suit, but Aquaman's knocked unconscious. And if either one of them don't do that thing to the other, like if, if Aquaman doesn't knock Black Manta away, Black Manta's gonna kill him. Yep. Yo, Black Manta, that was a rough fall. Yeah, I it was. That, that, I, I was looking at it, I was like, oh, he smacked a rock. Oh, shit, he's still going, what the fuck? This guy's <laughs> definitely fucking dead. Like, that shit was scary. Um, but I, I just love the fact that, you know, we did get a really cool fight between them and that there is the promise of more. I don't think we've seen the last. Obviously, we haven't seen the last. And I don't think that we needed a ton more from this character. So, you know. That's I don't think I don't believe in that criticism. That's a good point because like I I definitely thought he was a little underserved because he he was just kind of just like this sort of pestering and because it hadn't been set up properly for me at the beginning. His the follow ups with him weren't as like 
I didn't feel like they were as impactful. But I, but to your point, it definitely makes sense for a character to that isn't supposed to be the main villain to just be that sort of time to time antagonist before becoming that full fledged villain in like a future movie, ideally. Like yeah, I, I so think definitely it's a, it's a really good point. It's it's a nice little in between of of Superman one where General Zod is teased in the beginning and him being the main antagonist of Superman 2, and Daredevil, where Poindexter is a major secondary antagonist in Daredevil Season 3, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, we're not going to see him in his full force in Season 4. I heard it was a, a good Season 2. The writers were talking I about bet. it. Yeah. Um, so you definitely get the impression that Black Manta will be uh, an absolute monster in the sequel. Maybe he's going to steal fucking Aquaman's baby, and murder it, and give Aquaman a hook hand. Yeah, um, I, I'm very much anticipating his return. I, I, I think a lot of the critique there is overblown. You feel, he feels like a Boba Fett character in this movie. Yep. He does. That is... That is exactly the proper um, analogy there. I think he he definitely feels like Boba Fett, but the difference is that Boba Fett gets punked, and then that's it for him. Whereas Manta, we know, is going to come back and get his revenge. And Jango's Arthur's dad. There you go. Quite frankly, throughout the entire sequence, I was rooting for him to win. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted him to win, and that never happens. So, you know. Uh, but I, I, I'm biased because so, I like I like Black Manta more than I like Aquaman. So, um, moving on though, the movie does jump into the trench. Which, hey, that was crazy. We yeah. talked about this in the book club. Like they're not going to yeah. use the trench, are they? Yeah, probably not. They don't make reference <laughs> to it, and then like legit, they jump in the trench. I'm like, dope. Just one of those fucking was... guys that's doing a Finn Balor pose, and I'm just like, we're <laughs> fucking in. <laughs> We are in, I was folks. very much anticipating this sequence. I was very hyped, and it didn't disappoint. The only problem that I had, I thought visually it was fantastic looking. I thought the monsters themselves looked great. My biggest problem was with Mera there. Um, she should have destroyed them, and that doesn't happen. Uh, she spends a lot of time like trying to get away from them, mm-hmm. and that made no sense to me because there's a moment where she obliterates one, and then another one grabs her, and she's just like, ah, I don't understand why she couldn't just do the same thing. They were trying to um, build a sense of tension. Right, and that's one of the failures of, of movies that deal with these characters is, you know, Comics they, too. they choose... Yeah, yeah, they choose the moment over realist, what's real, yeah. and that took me out of it where it's like, come on now. Um, what do you think, Marco? Uh, that's when the movie became a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it, it went from oh, we have this like having this ragtag adventure, archaeologist stuff. Oh, we're falling in love, tease, tease, and then like <laughs> like lightning, and there's fucking there's a monster comes out and like tries to swipe at people. It's like okay, that was quick, uh, but it looked fucking cool. Yeah, I, see, I guess the core difference in the way that you and I are looking at this film is that I felt like I was getting everything that I could have wanted in one movie. You know, like, I was happy with the changes because it's like, oh, cool, now we're getting, like, a, a, a sequence that's very horror-focused, and it was cool. So, you know, and we're now, you know, we're, we're, go ahead. So... 
a thought I had leaving this movie. I went to this movie exhausted. I was really tired, and I was not looking forward to it. And not because of the movie, just because I was like, I don't have the energy to watch a two and a half hour like action film. And I walked out of it feeling kind of rejuvenated. And I remember thinking, just felt kind of like maybe sign. Mark already alluded to Indiana Jones, and it felt like a Flash Gordon type thing because it felt like a two and a half hour serial where it's just a lot happens in blocks of the movie. And you have a character that kind of takes you from one setting to one situation to another. And I think if there was a better... I'm not trying to trash uh, Jason Momoa, but if there was like a better actor, it probably would have been... It would have transitioned better. But I don't think he was a problem. I think he was good enough that it still worked. And I like... Like you, Sean, I really like what they did there. I like that it jumps around so much to basically lead to that conclusion because it, it's like the seven trials of Aquaman or something. Right, exactly. That's exactly it. It felt like this movie was, first of all, it felt like a video game in the sense that it was <laughs> able to transition between different phases of this adventure and sort of drop you in the middle of them. But also it felt like, in a lot of ways, um, uh, the trials of Iron of, of Iron Man, the trials of Aquaman, <laughs> um, and and Iron Man for that matter, uh, and it and it also felt in a lot of ways like a redemption of the yes. parts of the Aquaman character that people did not like from uh, Justice League. He becomes more humble in this movie. He becomes more human. There's a moment where after he fights with Manta, he says to Mera, "I'm responsible for what he is." You know, I and he f- clearly feels bad. Yeah, it's that was the, brilliant. It's a hero's arc for like clearly. Um, the, it it kind of feels Greek in a way, where it's like this mythology of this character who it's the path of becoming a hero. In this case, a king. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the beats definitely do, but for me, just the way it was represented, uh, I, I was, I guess, expecting more of like. A consistency like like no. Spider Verse had like a consistency visually, but it had different art styles intertwone inter interwoven that were that didn't like take over the the direction of the the film necessarily. Yeah, I don't think you're completely wrong. I and I said on the outset that there were structural issues, and I think I think it's a little messy when they do it, but I think it still works, and I appreciate the ambition of it. Yeah. Because most most superhero movies don't attempt any. I haven't seen a superhero movie like this. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel too. Like it just it feels very uh, very unique in a lot of ways, and it's ambitious. And and hats off to James Wan and crew for trying this. You know, your results may vary. I guess I obviously really loved it, but um, the the other thing is it makes it feels lived. The world feels lived in. Not it the DC universe, but the ocean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like going into the trench like that, it makes it, like you. It makes the ocean seem like an entirely different world. And in real life, the ocean covers seventy something percent of our entire planet, and most of it we have not even explored because it's too deep and the pressure is bad, or what have you. And this makes it feel lived in and unique. Yeah, hundred percent. But at the same time, they let Aquaman, who is a man of two worlds, not unlike Clark Kent, explore the surface world and the water world. Yeah. It's it's 
I like that a lot. The world building is phenomenal. Absolutely. I got a lot of like, um, you know, this is kind of cliche thing to say at this point, I guess, but I'll say it anyways. Uh, sort of almost Game of Thrones type vibes with <laughs> yeah. um, Jason Momoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Um, and it, I don't know. I don't know. I could sing the movie's praises forever, quite frankly. Um, did I you, really go ahead. I was just asking, did you like it more than Wonder Woman? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I thought I I thought this was way better than Wonder Woman. What What do you think, Marco? Um, that's a good question. Thank you. That's my job. <laughs> While Marco ruminates, uh, <laughs> I think this movie does everything right that that Wonder Woman got wrong, in my opinion. What, um, go, yeah, expound on that. Yeah, so I think Wonder Woman has a weak villain. Oh, hundred um, percent. And and I and I was really invested in Orm, and 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 you also get Black Manta, so you get two for the price of one. Um, I thought that the last sort of fight in Wonder Woman was really bad. Oh yeah. Uh, whereas this one, I was on the edge of my seat. I loved the whole sequence when Aquaman comes back riding the uh, I forget the name of the monster, but uh, when he comes, uh, Julie Andrews. <laughs> when he's hiding Julie Andrews. Oh, that sounds horrible. That's a different movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's 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 Carathen. Well, okay, thank you. When he's writing Carathen, uh <laughs> and they, and there's that whole war that goes on. I thought that was phenomenal looking. And then when when Orm puts on his whole oh, his yeah. proper Ocean Master costume and they fight together. That was cool. Lovely. Um, so those things I thought were better than Wonder Woman. I, I thought the action overall across the film and Wonder Woman was very dreary, and this movie wasn't. Yeah, um, I think I think yeah. I like this movie more than than Wonder Woman just because the way that they presented Aquaman and his world was a lot more robust than the than what they provided with Wonder Woman. And like while Wonder Woman's story, I think sort of faltered because of the villain this one stood out because of the villain at least in the way that he contrasted uh aquaman i now it's interesting i think if you took the strengths of wonder woman and combined it with the strengths of aquaman it would be like a perfect superhero movie because the thing about wonder woman that works so well to me is that uh wonder woman as and the uh who played her uh why am i blanking Gal Gadot. Yeah, Gal Gadot did such a phenomenal job in the acting of that movie uh, that you really root for the character. And the plotting and acting of that movie is really strong until the final act of the film where it really falls apart. Uh, like, if you had that here in this movie, um, I think it would, I think I would have probably given it a 9 out of 10 as well. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I see that. Um I guess for me, the the positives far outweighed the negatives. Oh yeah, and I, I was so yeah, I was so invested in what this movie was trying to do and how it always tried to do the coolest thing it could possibly do, and it was always so ambitious. Um, and and how you could really feel the story once he meets the Carathen and and he sort of says it asks him who are you and he says I'm nobody, I'm I'm trying to save. The yeah. world or whatever, I was like, "Oh, he's a hero," you know. Now, my other thought here, 
is the two best DC movies were overseen by Jeff Johns, Wonder Woman and, and this, Aquaman. And he's like no longer involved in that capacity anymore. It's it's dumb, yeah, and, and now, that's more of a comics pals conversation. Okay, I'm but, sorry, um, it's just, <laughs> like that was like a, a lingering thought I had leaving. I was like, it bummed me out. Yeah, for sure. Be- because I see where they could actually weave together a, a, a cohesive universe of good movies. Mm-hmm. Any any last thoughts here? It was a fun movie, visually. Definitely tried to push the boundaries, um, especially with anything underwater. And I like the way they built out the world. It was, to what Phil said earlier, it feels lived in and it feels like there's uh, like an actual system of people living under a world that like these things have consequences that made, they made the movie a little more poignant. Um, and for me, some of the stuff that in terms of tonality uh, sort of outweighed the the positives because it would take me out of the movie sometimes um but otherwise i had i had fun watching it dolph lundgren's big what i said dolph, <laughs> dolph lundgren is a big dude dolph play, what does he have to do with this movie i don't understand he's in it he plays Where? uh he plays the king of that tribe uh or whatever zebel he was mara's father oh Really? Yeah. I had no idea that that was Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, dude. Wow. Yeah. All, all right. All right. Nearest is who he played. Yes, that's right. I can't remember there his you name. Go. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in any event, last thoughts, Phil. Okay. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. I, I, I gave it like a 7.8, uh, 70%. Um, I, I like the story a lot. I like that it feels like a package. I like that it's ambitious. I like that it really follows Aquaman's... Like I said, uh, this movie has story arcs. And not just for Aquaman, but for Black Manta and Ocean Master. Ocean Master to a lesser extent, but like there's a path here for him at least. Uh, and you don't get that in a mm-hmm. ton of superhero movies. The other thing is... This is this is well documented, but making a memorable villain is very apparently very difficult to do in a superhero movie. It's something that Marvel struggled with for years, and it seems like they've kind of figured it out in the last year or so. But generally speaking, it's you know always a point a talking point with superhero movies. And this mm-hmm. movie does a great job of making two memorable ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I I don't know where I would rank it. Uh, it's probably behind Black Panther and. Avengers of the this year superhero movies, but that's not an insult at all because two, those are two of the best. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna actually answer that question uh, on the next episode of the oh. Comics Pal, so you guys can uh, stay tuned for that. As for me, uh, my final thoughts: I this movie was a joy from start to finish. Um, I rarely have I had a better time in in the theater watching a film. Quite frankly, my my biggest regret is that I didn't see this in IMAX because wow. yeah, yeah, I would have probably felt even better about it had I done so. I think the acting was solid, um, and and I agree with the criticisms. I think the script in in spaces is weak, but I also think in spaces it does things that are better than any other superhero movie has ever even thought to do, let alone tried to do. Mm-hmm. And 
for that, I think it deserves a lot of credit. I mean, there's a lot of heart in this movie, and visually, this is this is Avatar levels of progression for film because those underwater sequences, we've never seen anything like that before. The um, hair and all that stuff. Yeah. Brilliant that been, stuff. That must have been a pain in the ass to do. Yeah. Absolutely. And, like, the warbly effects. Mm-hmm. Wow, none, so, of, none of us were really a wet blanket about this movie. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, nine out of ten. I would have done. I would have given it more had it not had had it had a better script. I think it would have been a ten. But yeah, that's all. So um, that's our review for Aquaman. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Definitely let us know whether or not you liked the film and how you would rate it. Uh, if you have seen it, and if you haven't seen it, and you're listening to this still for some reason, what are you <laughs> waiting for? Go check it out. It's great. Um, there are plenty of ways you can let us know your thoughts on it. Definitely write us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. And if you want, you can hit us up on social media at the Comics Pals. So with that, we're the Comics Pals signing off on this special edition review of Aquaman. Take care, guys. Uh, what would you do with a drunken sailor? What would you do with a drunken sailor? What would you do with a drunken sailor? Early in the morning.